Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, I mentioned this, one of our favorite characters in the in the NBA. Uh, you can hear him on NBC Sports Radio. Nice enough to join us today and talk about the Celtics and about the trading deadline. He is Stan Van Gundy. Stan, it's uh, Mike and Christian here in Boston. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, Stan. We, we spent hours upon hours trying to figure out where Rajon Rondo fits in the NBA landscape of point guard, Stan. You coached against him. Uh, you saw him. You've seen him recently. You've seen him since he come back. Where do you rank Rajon among the, the point guards? Is he in that top group uh, of that position in the NBA? He is, depending on the team that you put around him. I think Rondo maybe more so than, say, Chris Paul or Steph Curry or Damian Lillard or Tony Parker. More than those guys, he needs to be a guy that has talent around him because he is not a great shooter. He is not a great scorer. He's certainly capable of scoring the ball, but he's not a guy who can take over the game offensively on his own like those guys can. But if you put him around Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and his job is to control the tempo of the game, to control the offense and get the ball to guys in their best spots for shots, there's nobody better than Rondo. So he's a hard guy to classify, I think, because he's very unique. I don't think he's a guy who can carry a team without a lot of talent. But on a championship-level team that has other really good players, I think he's as good as anyone. So with that said, Coach, so I can't still call you Coach, right, even though you're not actually coaching? Yeah, that's fine, <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, what, what would be a team that could utilize, that would need a guy like Rondo, that could, he could come in and be that piece that's, that's missing for that team? You know, that, that's an interesting point because if you look around, I'm not sure that any of the contenders are really lacking at that position to have a tremendous need for him. You know, maybe the Pacers would actually be the best bet. George Hill, a good player and a good shooter, but certainly not a true point guard. Uh, of the contenders, he might fit best there. But if you look at the other teams, you look at Miami, maybe he could fit, but I'm not sure Miami's going to give up enough to get him or even has enough. I'm not sure there's a trade out there for a contender that makes sense for them to bring Rondo in um, or that they would have enough that Boston would want. It would be really interesting to see what's going to happen to him. My guess is he stays in Boston at least through the trading deadline. Well, I was going to ask you, Sam, I'm not sure Danny Ainge is shopping him, but we know he listens to any and all calls, and the report is when teams call about Rondo, he suggests that they would need two unprotected first-round picks if they were to deal him. Is that is that a fair price? If you're an opposing GM, do you balk at that? Uh, a guy, uh, Two first-round picks for a player who's got one year left on his deal after this year? Uh, I'm not sure anybody's going to give him that. Uh, I would be I would be shocked. Uh, if anybody would give him two unprotected first for Rondo. Again, you, you know, you have to me to be a team in a situation 
where he's the guy that puts you over the top. Well, you've got talented wing guys, maybe a talented inside guy, uh, but not a point guard. Uh, Detroit may really fit. Um, you know, though I'm not really fond on the rest of their players. He's more of a setup guy than Brandon Jennings is. He may be able to help those guys. Um, but I don't think they have more than a pick to give anyway, and I'm not sure who else uh, they would want. I just don't see that kind of package for Rondo, particularly right now, uh, when even though he's back, it's hard to judge exactly where he is post-injury here. He hasn't played great. He hasn't been able to play back-to-back games. Um, You're really taking a gamble, and I don't think you're going to do that uh, with two high draft picks. Hey, Coach, when, when a team starts basically uh, leaving everyone open for negotiation and trades and they're trying to, I guess, uh, build as much equity as possible for the future, when does that become problematic? When do you start doing more harm than good as far as looking to the future? That's a good question. But I think in Boston right now, every guy on that roster understands that, that where the Celtics are and that there's going to be all kinds of deals. And where it creates problems, and I, I think you've seen it, and this is just me from the outside, I thought coming out of training camp, that team was really focused, really buying into everything uh, that Brad Stevens wanted done, competing hard every single night. But as the losses start to mount, it gets hard, and especially around the trading deadline, because those players know that the Celtics organization is not committed to them long term. So why are they going to commit the way you need to see a team to commit? I don't think that team's played as well of late, but I do think if they get past the trading deadline, they have built good habits, you'll see that team get back to playing more competitive basketball. Talking to Stan Van Gundy here on NBC Sports Radio, give me the 30,000-foot the view, Stan, on what you see out of Brad Stevens. Say the team is listening to him. Uh, what do you think of him in his first year as coach for the Boston Celtics? Well, look, I think Brad's outstanding. I think it was a great hire, um, and I think it was a perfect situation for a college guy to go into in that he has time. He has time to adjust. They're not evaluating him on wins and losses in year one. He's got a time to learn the league, to adjust his philosophies to fit the league. Brad is a very smart, very analytical guy who relates to players very well. Um, I think he's done a great job late in games this year uh, in terms of situational stuff. I think that he's very good, will continue to get better, and where their focus needs to be is just putting a good roster together. Let's talk about the East real quick, Stan. The Celtics are still a couple of years away. I think we all recognize that. Is there anybody outside of Indiana or Miami you give any chance to to be representing this conference in the NBA Finals? No, absolutely not. Um, you know, there's no one even close. Even I, I can't even imagine what would happen at the trading deadline uh, to change that because uh, these teams are not – the other teams are not one piece away or two pieces away. They're just away. Hmm. Uh, it feels like that conference right now is those two, Stan. Great insight on the Celtics in the Eastern Conference. Appreciate the time we listening to you on NBC Sports Radio, Stan. Thanks. Thank you, guys. All right, there have you a good go. day. Uh, Stan Van Gundy – How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island 
Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.